Welcome to the Intersection Podcast at Scheller College of Business at Georgia Tech. My name is Jasmine Howard. I'm a second year MBA in the full-time program here and your host for The Intersection. Today we have one of our uh, more favorite topics of the year, which is where we get our interns back from their um, summer adventures and learn what they did in their projects, what they did um, as a result of their classes and where they're going next. So let's go around the table and see who we have here to represent West Coast Tech internships. Well, hello everyone. Uh, my name is Andres Beckyard. I'm also a full-time second-year student at Georgia Tech Scheller College of Business. And over the summer, I interned with Apple as part of their business process re-engineering group with the title of project manager. Awesome. Thanks, Andres. Hi, I'm Alex Lafley. Uh, I'm also a second-year MBA student, uh, full-time at Scheller College of Business. And I spent the summer working with Amazon as a senior product manager in their retail division. Great. Thanks, Alex. Uh, hey everyone, my name is Parva Garwal. I'm also a second year MBA student here at Georgia Tech Scheller College of Business. Uh, I was at uh, HP Enterprise as a product manager this past summer uh, in the business storage enterprise. Great. And so one of the reasons we're so excited to talk about this today is a lot of these companies, it was either our first or um, maybe an early repeated position for Scheller students. And so we're starting to see that, especially in product management and product marketing, um, and just technology-focused internships, that's where the Georgia Tech interest is growing, and that's obviously where the industry is growing for kind of MBA-level careers. So I'd love if y'all could tell me what intrigued you about these companies, about these positions, um, and even how you learned, especially in such large tech firms, like where you could fit and find find a spot to be for an intern. Yeah, I can, I can start, definitely. Um, you know, that's a great question because the answer to that question is essentially what stemmed my interest into pursuing my MBA at Georgia Tech in the first place. Um, so my background is in finance and manufacturing. And the reason why I left finance in the first place was because I felt it to be a little mundane. Um, so I decided to go something into a little more dynamic, which is apparel manufacturing. And while I was there, I realized how you know kind of lethargic the industry was at least where i was working at and how technology really makes a difference and impacts our business and kind of getting obsessed with that concept of technology is what really wanted me to pursue um apple as as a possible internship and my internship at apple was honestly it was fantastic um especially because i was getting a lot of exposure to you know how they operate how they run things and kind of how they use technology to really make everything better. Um, this is simple, but it really is interesting how 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 it takes so much effort, you know, to obsess about delivering um, something to the customer. And my specific role as a project manager was essentially tackling certain issues uh, within within Apple or certain projects, and kind of they gave me the bandwidth to just run with it and give optimal optimal solutions to that. Great, Alex. Sure. So, uh, so I had a background uh, prior to coming back from my MBA, working on a variety of kind of sales, marketing, and product roles throughout my career. Um, but I was really interested in moving more in the direction of product management when I came back to to my MBA. Uh, you know, long term in my career, uh, looking forward, you know, I, I see myself as kind of a 
uh, more of a general manager type role. And I think that product management is a great kind of stepping stone and way to uh, to grow your responsibility. You're accountable for uh, kind of all of the aspects of the product from, you know, identifying the customer need and, and the strategy in, in order to meet that need, uh, as well as putting in place all of the capabilities that need to be in place to, to build uh, a good product and launch and ship on schedule. Um, you know, and Amazon was one of my target companies when I came back to get my MBA. Uh, you know, obviously they've been incredibly successful, you know, in building a building a massive uh, business and kind of changing our, our lives. And I wanted to get uh, the exposure to working in a culture where I could see kind of a massive organization that operates at a really, really fast clip, um, you know, and, and just kind of grow that at, as a learning experience for me. So, um, so yeah, so that was great. And similar to Andres, uh, I was kind of given a, given a problem area, uh, replacing, you know, uh, someone had been working on, you know, on, on that problem before I arrived and, and someone is, you know, came after I left to also continue. Um, so kind of picking up in midstream and trying to drive a lot of impact in, uh, in a very short period of time. Awesome. Parv, what attracted you to, to technology and the, the position you went after? Uh, so prior to coming for my MBA, I was majorly in the product development side. Uh, I was working as a data science consultant. Uh, my major work was like writing algorithms on machine learning algorithms, classification, regression, natural language processing, and all those things. All the good buzzwords. All the good buzzwords, definitely. And also good thing, good skills to have. Good technical <laughs> skills. But uh, whenever dealing with a customer, I was not uh, someone who was actually looking okay, whether it's the right product features or not, whether we are going in the right market or not, I was not the one who was making those kind of decisions. So I was, um, I always wanted to move on the management side of the product, but customer focus is one thing that always intrigued me even before and even now. So that's why I wanted to remain in the product side. So that's why I was here, came from MBA, looked for tech companies, uh, specifically in the Bay Area, who were looking for product managers. And there I went for HPE. Great. I want to talk about the Bay Area and where all of you were based or on the West Coast um, overall, because that is a dramatically different cultural experience, I would say, than here in Midtown Atlanta. Um, it's something that our students obviously are very interested in. There's, we have the West Coast Trek to get to introduce you to some of those areas and some of those companies. Tell me about how you kind of evaluated that that might be somewhere you want to be for the summer. Yeah, absolutely. So. I'm originally from Manawa, Nicaragua, so the Bay Area is a tad different uh, to, <laughs> to, to my home country. Um, and there's lots of things one can say about the Bay Area. Um, first off, I really enjoyed just the, the, the physical attributes and the beauty of it as a Bay Area, right? Uh, it's so close to national parks, uh, Napa, wine country, and, and all those tons of things, interesting things you have to do on the weekends. Um, you know, was, that contributed to a great summer experience. Um, and just the amount of of human wealth you see there, not you know just financial wealth, but just human capital and like the geniuses that that are around the Bay Area and like the connections you can make um, over weekends, just chatting to people is one of the biggest values that I that I found in the Bay Area. And of course, you know, like every wonderful place, you know, there are some some hiccups uh, to the Bay Area in terms of my personal preference. It's very, it's a different culture. It's very fast paced. It's something that I felt that I had to get accustomed to, which is not nothing that can't be learned or picked up. It just took me a little while to to get into that environment because, um, you know, as as my colleagues here were also saying, you know, 
to deliver this project, you just got to be really quick on your feet and be constantly um, um, on, on top of it. And I think that in the work environment also mirrors that from the culture aspect of the Bay Area as well. So it was pretty interesting. Um, and I definitely enjoyed my experience uh, living in the Bay Area is, is definitely um I would say a pleasant experience for me. Sure. Yeah. So, uh, so I wasn't in the Bay Area. I was in Seattle, uh, but love my experience there. Um, I had never been before I moved out there, <laughs> um, and you know, uh, Seattle. I think it, they take a lot of flack for their weather, but uh, summer in Seattle might be one of the best kept secrets <laughs> in uh, in the country. Uh, the days are really, really long. Uh, it's sunny most of the time, um, and it's cool. And having lived in Atlanta for the last 15 years, uh, getting out of town in June, July, and August is <laughs> is really pretty great. Um, and and similar to what Andres said um, about the Bay Area, but you know, there's water everywhere. There's three national parks within a two-hour drive. Um, you know, so definitely made a point to to get out and enjoy nature on the weekends. Um, you know, and the culture of the city is just really exciting. Uh, they, you know, they love sports, they love music, um, they love food, you know, so, uh, so it was just really, you know, honestly, really a great experience all around. Great. Parv, what about you? Um, so I would echo all the things that Andres and Alex mentioned. Uh, I was in the San Jose area. And literally, when I was when I woke up every morning, I could see mountains from my from my window of the house. And that was a really good experience for me because I don't see anything like here in Atlanta like that. Uh, definitely the things that you can walk around, you can go around like two hours drive from uh, San Jose's like Yosemite. There are p places like Lake Tahoe, you can go to Santa Cruz, so many other things. And other aside from these things, uh, I would say there are a lot of tech opportunities if you are living in the Bay Area. I have seen people moving from one tech company to another uh, and just they go around and around. There is no lack of opportunities, even if you are not in product management. But even if it's slightly related to tech, you will find something good for you out there. Yeah, and it was fun to see all of you, I feel like, got together over the summer because beyond just the three of you, there were probably 10 other of our classmates out there on the coast. And so you would do meetups in different cities. So I was, I was a little jealous to see it from afar. Um, I want to talk about kind of going back to last year and recruiting and getting into these companies. Can you tell me about how you prepared, whether that was, you know, a lot of times it's the all, everything in the Lewis Lynn books, or if that was going on West Coast track, or if that was doing one-to-one uh, -one networking with people at these companies. Tell me how you got to these kind of big-name powerhouse companies. Yeah, sure, absolutely. Um, so my process with Apple actually started at National Black, which is where I had the first point of contact with the recruiters or anyone from that company. And so essentially, like, you know, as all of our first years that went, you know, I did my homework had my speech down, had my resume packed, and it pretty much did the, you know, the, the routine stuff to get prepared, you know. More, more importantly, know yourself um, and kind of know what I wanted to pursue and have my story packed. And with that, I felt that everything else pretty much fell into place, especially because <clears throat> I feel like, at least in my experience, when I approached uh, Apple to speak with them, you know, we had a very pleasant conversation, and, and I felt that they saw something in my background that really clicked with them. And so by this, I mean, I'm sure on some level, you know, companies, in this case Apple, are looking for an agenda of, of some experiences or something that makes you part of their culture. And 
uh, I guess the most the best way of doing that is being able to sell yourself and kind of sell what what really is what drives you and where you want to go into. So after that, I was able to have um, two or three uh, very nice interviews with Apple that you know led to a pretty lengthy process because since I had my first interview in September, I didn't hear back with an offer until maybe late February, mid February. So it was a while uh, with during that process. You know, I try to keep up with uh, reaching back to recruiters and and you know kind of kind of keep getting my foot through the door and and see how I can maneuver that. But essentially, I think that what really helped me the most was just show my passion. You know, they saw the passion for technology. Um, they 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 know kind of what my experience was and how I can leverage that into wherever it is you'll want to pivot into. In this case, um, process for engineering and technology. And I think that's what really sold and what really helped helped me get that job. Awesome. Sure, yeah. I, I would boil it down to three things. I think the first is understanding the role that you're applying for. Uh, the second is the company. And then the third, like Andres said, is your own story. Um, you know, for the role for product management, uh, you know, if you haven't had the opportunity to, to work directly with uh, either as a product manager or with a product manager, uh, you know, then then go find someone who has and talk to them, you know, read the books, um, you know, just try to make sure that you understand the job that you're applying for and, and what's required of that. Um, in terms of knowing the company, you know, for Amazon, it's all about their leadership principles, um, you know, and I think they say it a lot and you almost don't believe them if you've worked at companies where, uh, you know, they just kind of have a mission statement in the lobby and then no one pays attention to it. Um, but they really do, you know, they really do, I think, matter to the work and the culture there. And uh, it's it's how they have been able to grow from, you know, 150,000 employees to 600,000 employees in the last five years uh, while still maintaining kind of a, a rigorous uh, process and scaling that decision-making process down through the organization. And then, you know, knowing your story and how you tie to those leadership principles, what are the examples that, not just of the great work that you've done in the past, but how does that exemplify the things that they are looking for and being able to make that connection, I think is what, you know, what allowed me to be successful. Yeah. And Parv, with you, I would love if you can also talk about, I know it's getting increasingly challenging to find international opportunities, especially at that internship level. What kind of layers did that have on your recruiting search as you went through the process to go to HPE? So uh, over time, a lot of companies are pulling back from hiring international candidates. Um, like, for example, I know a couple of companies that used to hire till like even last year. And from this year, they have started, like they have stopped sponsoring the international students. So my search was very uh, limited to like big high-tech companies. Um, so for example, companies like Microsoft, Uber, um, uh, HPE, Apple, Amazon, these are the big companies, big tech firms that are actually still hiring the product managers and are still willing to sponsor international candidates. So I was focusing only on these companies. I was focusing only on companies which are in the Bay Area and which are in the Atlanta and the Seattle region because uh, these are the places where a lot of tech companies exist and are growing rapidly. So I specifically networked with the people who were in the Bay Area. I talked to a couple of alums who were there. And uh, the funny thing is that I got my internship through talking to an alum. Uh, I just reached out to that person in this maybe in August or September timeframe. Mm -hmm. And I just told him, okay, that I'm looking for uh, these kind of roles. I'm interested in HPE. I want to understand about, okay, what kind of things you do. 
And then at the end of the conversation, I just told him that I saw an opening uh, on HPE. Do you know anything, any person whom I can reach out to? And he told me that, dude, my manager is the one who is looking for that <laughs> intern. And he just took my resume. I just sent, sent him my resume over an email. Uh, I didn't even apply on, on an online job posting. Uh, it got straight straightforward, uh, got straightforwarded to the, uh, to the manager of that person. And they interviewed me in January. Uh, there were like a couple of rounds, three to four rounds. And then they, I think they were interviewing other candidates over that time frame, like maybe two months. And at the end of March, they offered me a position there. Awesome. Yeah, it's really interesting to hear there's three distinct paths and different, and there's, you know, everybody in our class has a different story about how they land their internship, whether, you know, Amazon comes for on-campus recruiting, Apple is National Black, which we're, we send a lot of students to every year, and then with our alumni network, which is getting increasingly um, spread across the country, especially it's, the percentages are up in the West, um, and then those that stay in Atlanta, uh, the interest is going down. So, you know, people are moving around. So now let's think about the internship itself as much as you can, because I know these companies made you sign a lot of paperwork. Um, tell me about your project or tell me about the types of problems you were you were challenged with this summer and maybe one outcome that you're really proud of. Yeah, I, I can start. Uh, definitely it was challenging and the reasons I'd say are pretty much threefold. And it's one, you know, just the nature of a 12-week internship poses its own challenges itself. Um, trying to get up to speed, trying to deliver, trying to pick up what someone else did before you, and kind of execute that in 12 weeks is really challenging, um, especially at these big companies where you know, you have to navigate so many different sources of streams to kind of get where you need to go. Um, but that being said, I really liked um, the, the Apple internship program because it kind of gave you autonomy of your work. They kind of gave you an idea, gave you an issue, and they said, run with it. You know, what can we do to help your process? But we want to see what you can come up with. And my project itself, so it, I was in the business process reengineering department, and I was a project manager, which means kind of we're addressed with different obstacles um, every day at, at Apple. And um, taking into account, you know, how Apple innovates every year a new product implementation you know that keeping this sustainable from a logistics side is is very intense so um i was pretty much working in that department trying to derive like uh try to increase their efficiencies um with certain i guess uh product movement with within their within their department and then another project that i worked on so i worked on two projects the second one was more of a customer facing issue and kind of understanding, you know, how does a customer perceive certain uh, services that Apple provides and see if there's a way we can improve that. Um, and I'm sorry, I can't go into more detail, you know, to your yeah, comment, yeah. but, um, <laughs> but it, it really was fascinating. And so I'd say the, the biggest challenge is one, um, n you know, being able to navigate in such a short time. I felt that when I ended my internship, I was still onboarding essentially, <laughs> but, um, you know, trying to, trying to be, collaborative and be a team player is key to success there you know trying to find a way to get the answer you need um, in such a big corporation um, secondly I would say that uh, one of the one of the most important things to do is to come up with your own unique ideas you know it's very one of the I always joke but one of the responses that people hate the most there is when they ask you a question like how'd you do this you would say oh because that's how it's always been done 
right? That is not what we want to see because, you know, we kind of come up with new ideas, innovate. You know, that's how Apple became from just a, a small company, uh, a computer company to now selling iPods and watches, you know, and and it's really is amazing. So being open and being uh, innovative. Um, and I, I, the third one I would say is be flexible, especially because in a technology environment, things evolve so rapidly and change constantly that you have to be flexible to adjust your ideas and concepts to kind of get to your end goal. Awesome. Sure. So, uh, so I, I would echo a lot of what Andres said. I was I was working on uh, on the retail team within Amazon, uh, sp- focused specifically within uh, their consumables team. So consumables uh, basically encompasses things that you would find at a drugstore or grocery store, food, uh, beauty, personal care products, um, those those kind of items. And was working on a, a program that was specifically designed to help Amazon's vendors be more successful with new product launches. Um, and so through that process, I mean, I think I think the biggest challenge for me was the same, just the time frame. Uh, they, you know, they expect you to come in and hit the ground running very quickly. I honestly think it would probably be easier to join Amazon as a full-time employee than it would as an intern, um, just because you have a little bit more runway <laughs> to figure it out before, uh, you know, you you hit kind of the midpoint timeline at six weeks and have to basically share, you know, 80% of what your final project is going to be. Um, so, you know, that was definitely uh, definitely a challenge to figure out how to balance just soaking in and absorbing and learning versus then when you kick over into action. Um, I think also similar to Andres's story is they definitely expect you to come up with uh, with original ideas. And, uh, you know, I think I think they they will outline the problem for you, but they want you to come to them. They're not going to answer more questions for you than you are ready and able to ask. Um, you know, So you have to be super proactive. Uh, and then I guess the other piece of advice is I think you have to know uh, who and when to ask for help uh, and to do that quickly. Uh, and it's a delicate balance that, that can be, you know, I found to be a catch-22 at times <laughs> because uh, if you go to someone and ask for help but you haven't uh, done your own diligence first and you you haven't shown that you've applied some some energy to the problem you're trying to solve. Uh, you know, then then that's just not being a great manager, and and you probably won't get great feedback for that. But if you spend too much time trying to figure it out yourself, um, and you burn that time, and then you don't go ask someone for help who may have been able to shorten that for you, uh, then you get behind the eight ball and and kind of similar, just it's a grind. So, uh, but that said, you know, it was a phenomenal experience uh, to learn from just, you know, the people, the processes, um, and and the scale of the platform, Um, you know, so it made it a really great experience. Great, yeah. Parv, what kind of problems were you charged with this summer? I would say three things. Uh, first one is like building credibility with the engineers in like a short week of 11, 11 weeks. Because when you join a company as a product manager, the engineers think of you as an intern. Initially, they were they were not you know looking at me like seriously as an employee. They were not looking at my ideas as as credible enough as let's say other product managers who were working there. So I had to do my research beforehand. I had to come up with more than five or six ideas every time I went to the technical product architect, just so that uh, I have a couple of options to tell them, okay, this is these are the things that I have uh, laid out. Tell us, okay, which one we should go with, go with first. 
tell me which one is feasible tell me which one is uh, we can do in the in that required time frame or not so that was i think one of the major challenge for me um second one would be talking to customers who are you know like spread geographically uh, like apart from each other so i had to take calls with the indian guys in the morning at 6 am uh, i had to take calls with the people who were in the east coast uh, and there was a 3 hour gap between pacific time and obviously here and then i had to take calls with the people who were in germany and uk in my evenings so that was almost like 12 hours of work every day but it gives you a little flexibility on how you how you want to manage your work so that i think that's a really good part with uh, hpe i'm not sure about how other companies do that kind of thing uh, and the third one is uh, you know like delivering a a solid thing after just 11 weeks or 12 weeks of time period because when you go there you are handed a project that has been worked upon a little bit and then when you will go uh, after your internship you will hand over whatever you worked on but that whatever you worked on has to be something that is really solid on which you can provide a strong recommendation to the stakeholders and that makes it a little bit tough because you don't know who will be picking up your work after you leave mm-hmm. and whether that thing will be actually end to end with in that 11 weeks or not right and if the other people around you to your first point are going to help you get there in that limited time That's that was really my important. my challenge of the summer um so really quick just kind of last question for internship stuff what was one thing you did in your first year here at Scheller a class you took a club you were in another outside activity perhaps um that helped you succeed this summer just briefly like one thing so, and what it did so my internship you know as mentioned was kind of in more in a supply chain operation space and i think that supply chain modeling uh really helped me kind of scope out how to tackle uh supply chain issues especially at the scale of of apple and since that class was geared a lot in terms of case studies like problem solving problem solving i think i could apply a lot of the learnings and techniques that we used to solve those you know cases we looked at in 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 supply chain um modeling to to essentially tackle the issues that I was facing. So I I got a lot of value from that class and it really really helped me look at the issues in a different way, especially that in that class we do look at some tech companies and their issues. So I kind of uh, already had I guess that exposure and I can use that same model to assess the issues that I was faced against and use the learnings that I did from that class to see right how can I provide a solution that you know is efficient that is it's cost effective that it's you know a plus across the board right so um definitely definitely was a i'd say um that along with the whole um cohort here that we have in technology and focus on technology that definitely played a role as well in informing me for that for that role as well that's it great yeah i think for me uh kind of two courses first just the core uh managing information resources we we learned kind of basic sql in that class uh and that really ended up coming in handy for yeah, me that's this like summer amazon's all about everyone doing their own sql right yeah, yeah. so that and data data analytics for business and th- and that was just something about amazon that was completely different from places that i'd worked in the past um you know i'd worked kind of interfaced with data science teams in the past but usually uh my 
you know, my role was to make a very clear ask of them and then uh, and tell them what I needed and then wait for them to bring it back to me, uh, you know, and I would get an Excel output that I could then, you know, work with and pivot. Um, whereas, uh, whereas at Amazon, it's great. Everyone has access to SQL. Uh, it's tough if you, you know, it's, there's a learning curve there. But I think once you do have a good comfort level with it, uh, it just means that you can access pretty much any information that you would possibly want, uh, barring, you know, customer personal information, you know, but but almost any information that you would need to run the business. And part of my role uh, as a PM was to define uh, how the both kind of adoption as well as success or effectiveness of the product should be measured and, and kind of create uh, the queries for that. Um, so I think uh, without without those classes, I would have been more lost. <laughs> yeah. <So. laughs> um, I would say the Tiger program helped me a lot. Uh, so in my internship, I had to deliver uh, like writing a PRD, which is like a product requirement document. And in that you have to mention, okay, what's the competitive intelligence like? Uh, what's the landscape where the industry going is? Uh, what kind of market trends are we seeing? What product features we have to incorporate? And this was literally what I did in my last one year uh, when I was a part of the Tiger program. We were working with the with a PhD. We were trying to commercialize his research into a full-time startup and a project. Uh, so we were doing all those things. We were looking at, okay, what kind of uh, competitors are there in the market? Who are the big companies? Who are the stakeholders we need to talk to? What kind of value proposition we need to provide to this uh, research in order to make it commercial? So I think that one year of Tiger program uh, really helped me a lot. And like even in one interview with... Uh, when I was doing with the senior manager at HPE, my one round of interviews completely revolving around the Tiger program, what I did, what kind of learnings I took out of it. So, yeah. Well, that wraps up our internships. But our last question that we've started doing is, because Georgia Tech is all about creating the next, you know, that's our that's our slogan now, um, what are you creating next? And I'll go first. It can be super easy. It can be You'll see, as my, my example will be very silly. Um, so for our service ops class, my group is presenting on Wednesday a case, and it is for a major insurance provider that may have a certain uh, outfit in their commercials, and maybe we're going to wear some progressive aprons on Wednesday in class. So I have to make our aprons and our name tags. So I, it's getting too close to Halloween. You all know I just get excited for goofy costumes and things. So I'm making aprons. What are you all making? What are you creating next? Uh, well, we're still in the initial phases, but uh, for our product planning class, uh, we've got a great uh, group project where we are t we've been tasked with uh, developing a, a product or a promotional idea to help the Atlanta Braves uh, sell more tickets, and uh, you know, obviously playing well on the field uh, is probably the best way Go to Braves, do that. National and they, NL East. Yeah, so they uh, they just qualified uh, <laughs> for the playoffs. But, uh, but I think uh, it's really, you know, we got to learn uh, a little bit from them about how they look at uh, adjusting their forecasts for attendance and, and how they monetize potentially midweek games against less marquee opponents and um and we've been tasked with coming up with an, with an idea to help them boost ticket sales so that's going to be really fun to, to work on this semester yeah that's a big undertaking yes so it's just a personal hobby of mine um i'm, I'm very into sports I'm a big sports fan and i'm a big in particular uh 
viewer of the National Football League. And something that's always amazed me is how we have such discrepancies and this and you know a different perceptions of how college football players are evaluated right so when you look at certain analyst board you see you can have a player that one guy thinks he's the next you know hall of famer and someone else doesn't see that potential and it, and it brings into question like it's really difficult you know to judge someone's talents you know if you especially even if it's the same sport but it's a different league they play different conferences they have different coaches they're in different systems so like and then and then they also have the sporting combine, which is where you measure just the athletic ability of these players. They just make them run, make them jump. How you know how fast can they can they run? How fast can they jump? And their performance in that has moved their position on boards tr- tremendously. So it's like, what is more valuable, uh, tape, uh, you know, their physical ability, and kind of like, how does that space even work? And there's no science behind it. But something that I've been interested in lately is kind of try to create kind of like a, an algorithm, let's say, to kind of capture combine performances versus tape performances and kind of how the numbers and their statistics that were put up versus like ranked opponents and where their rank is and kind of get an, an alpha and a beta and kind of like, you know, give them certain weights to see what weighs more to kind of uh, produce a, a final output ranking to kind of measure that. Um, it's, you know, it's just something I want to do in my free time. And I just started this year. So if you want to find out if it's successful or not, I'll let you know in December. <laughs> but I, I'm probably going to just match that versus how the rookies perform this year and kind of see what it, what I got there. Super cool. Yeah. Uh, it's kind of a part of my GR assignment, uh, but that is something like like I really like and it's really cool. So I am trying to um, write a machine learning algorithm for one of my GRAs professor. He's a finance professor here. And we are trying to identify which companies, which big tech companies have provided what subsidies in the Atlanta area. And then how are those subsidies actually helping those companies uh, get more grants and uh, whether exp- that the expansion of that company is actually related to that subsidy or not. So it's kind of a kind of a model like a regression model in which certain parts will be the the part where I am helping is like writing that NLP algorithm for my professor. Awesome. Well, thank you all so much for being here today. I'm sure um, as our interest is growing in West Coast tech firms, that this will be very helpful to prospective and even first year students. So that does it for this episode of The Intersection. Thanks so much.